0: You're here and thinking, what is this show? Why should I care? Let me ask you something first. How did you get here? Were you scrolling social media or YouTube? Maybe you clicked an ad maybe it was some other way. That doesn't really matter. What matters is that it was marketing that got you here. And now you're thinking, okay, cool, but how does that affect me? Here's the thing. Marketing is like air or gravity. You really can't not be affected by it. Marketing is business, it's relationships, it's life. Every dollar you spend is influenced by marketing the school you went to the restaurant you like to go with your friends. And even the conversation you just had on your dating app. It's all marketing. So what is this show? It's professional marketers talking through their perspective on everything, on making money, making an impact, influencing trends, finding new opportunities. I'm Dimitri Smirnov, and together with my friend and co-host, Chris Gray, we're excited to bring you episode one. Chris.
1: Dimitri. What's up, guys? My name is Chris Gray. Like Dimitri said, I'm a marketer. Um, I own an agency or co own an agency. And then I co own two other businesses. But the engine behind all those businesses is marketing. And um, just like Dimitri was saying, one of the things that I think one of the things that got us to this episode is that, Dimitri, one of my favorite quotes, man, I'll I'll make this quick is um, I think it's Miyamoto Musashi. I can't say his name right. I have never read the book. But he says that once you know the way broadly or once you understand the way broadly, you see it in all things. Um, and so there's these transferable principles in marketing that I see in life and me being jitsu, same thing, transferable principles in jitsu that I see in life. And once I'm able to apply those transferable principles into different things, I get better at the original art. And so I think one of the things that brought this podcast to light is that me and Demetri would be talking, the conversation would just go all kinds of places. Um, and that's, while we're here so that's me in a nutshell
0: i think you make a great point about taking a conversation somewhere there's you know people who complain about small talk i hate small talk what are they actually wanting is probably for a conversation to evolve to a place that they hadn't even thought about it before so taking a subject matter deeper than their own understanding through conversation and i completely agree with you That when we started talking, every conversation we had, we kept going into uncharted waters. And that's what makes me so excited to do this show with you. Uh, And by the way, I also run a marketing agency. I like math. I like creative. It's kind of the perfect combination. And here we are. Now we have this podcast. And hey, we got to give it a title. (laughs)
1: and i have no clue um part of this episode y'all was that we knew that this first episode is probably not going to be our best work because it's the first damn episode we don't know what we're doing yet we're trying to figure this thing out we don't even have a title um for this episode and again i mentioned earlier transferable principles dimitri um when you get started or when anybody gets started in anything you don't just come out the gates being good. This goes back to the whole growth or the mindset book by Carol DeWitt. Uh, you just start. And over time, you get better. But at the very beginning of it, you suck. The very beginning of jiu-jitsu, I sucked. The very beginning of marketing, I sucked, right? And so here we are with this first episode. We don't have a name. We don't know what we're doing. We know that we're going to make a episode that's meta talking about what we're doing. But we know this is probably not going to be the best work yet.
0: No, it's not going to be our best work, but it's still going to be pretty good, I think. Right? Yeah, I hope. Um, But yeah, you guys get to join the ride as we pick the name. We get to pick the themes of the episode, where how it's going to go. Are we going to bring guests on? Are we going to talk about pop culture? Or is it just going to be marketing stuff? Um, So you, you go on the ride with us. Well, I have a couple suggestions for a name. I can start if you'd like. Please. Okay, well, we can go simple. Our names, Chris and Dimitri show, something like that. But maybe no one knows who we are yet. I don't know. But they'll find out, Chris and Dimitri. Um, And I'll give you another couple here. So since we are talking about marketing, I have life on marketing life is marketing everything is marketing everything and marketing marketing and everything
1: gosh I, I already like your stuff better than mine <laughs> because um when I was telling Dimitri, I was talking to you last week about this our our, our mutual friend rachel miller phenomenal marketer phenomenal person i was reading some stuff in her course and she said that whatever community you create whatever you do you the title of it needs to be a bumper sticker right so she had a facebook group called crazy cat lady the crazy i mean if you're into cats and you're a woman you already know bam this is my community you know she just nailed it and she and she'll do that over and over again so when you said like um everything is marketing or like, yeah, like everything is marketing. That's kind of what we're talking about here. Uh, I think that your stuff is a bumper sticker is what we're doing here a bit better than mine. For me, my mindset, Dimitri went here where I think you and I hit it off because we had a conversation and it went super deep and we're not used to that. Matter of fact, I'm going to where tonight to hang out with my wife's friends. And I know this conversation is is only going to go so far. I know that like, I'm just going to be the weirdo and I'm not saying these people, I'm not saying I'm smart. I'm not smarter than everybody. I probably will likely have like the lowest IQ in the room. There's lawyers in here. I'm just saying from a depth perspective in a conversation, I usually don't find that. So when I do find it, it's super relieving and you want more of it, hence why you and I end up talking a lot. It's kind of why we're here. It's just, we're kind of, we're weirdos where we just don't fit in every other conversation. So we can't be the only people like that in my mind where you go somewhere and you're just like, okay, well, I'm just going to talk about the chiefs game or something today. Like I don't, so anyways, with that and said, I was thinking of people like us marketers who enjoy more in-depth conversation. And uh, again, I like your titles more than mine, <clears throat> but we started with beyond marketing, um, which I kind of like. Then I was also thinking, you know, it could be a good or a bad thing, but there's already, there's already a beyond brand, like, Beyond burger, beyond sausage, beyond what they kind of already do that. So I was like, I don't know. And then my other, my other ones were the marketer's mind or the marketer's mindset. The intellectual marketer. I'm not that much of an intellectual. I don't want to like come off sounding like I'm all whatever. Um, and then marketing nerds. I don't know. And then And then deep thinking marketers. I just don't like mine as much as I like yours though, dude. I
0: like a lot of yours. Can you, can you say that for first two again?
1: We had, I started with beyond marketing. Then I went to the marketer's mind or the marketer's mindset.
0: Yeah. I kind of like them. I kind I I like, I like three, uh, uh, three or four years and I like a couple of mine. I don't even know how we're going to decide this.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> we got to bring on Rachel, I guess. I know, dude. She'll tell us if it's crappy or not. We should probably like shoot it to her after this episode and say, hey, this is what we're thinking. What do you think? Um, You had one. Was it Life on Marketing? Say, say say, those again.
0: Yeah, so there's Life on Marketing. Meaning, um, if I have to explain it, then I guess it's not a good title. But the idea is <laughs> Life on Marketing marketing instead of in marketing or anything because you're you're on it like you're you're always taking it in whether you like it or not so life is on marketing then i have everything is marketing but actually like the next one better everything and marketing and you can go you could take that either way marketing and everything That, that might be a good one um yeah I just I don't, know.
1: Tough I don't one. know bro I like everything is marketing that might be my favorite because it 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 is i mean dude you you you're married, how'd you get your wife? you didn't just like sit in your home and just whatever whether you i I don't know how you met your wife, I don't know the full story, but there was some marketing aspect that you had to do to get her and vice versa we can go down the rabbit hole with how marketing shows up in life uh, i like that one
0: yeah I, I certainly did did my part in marketing i tried my best both in our in-person meeting we met spontaneously in downtown san diego um, but also my marketing through text messaging, phone calls. Yeah. You know, I like to tell my team, and I, this isn't a unique original thought or anything, but I every conversation that we have with the client is a sales call, mm-hmm. every single one, because you're always selling, continuing to work together. Now, results can speak for themselves if there's trust, in the relationship but you have to earn it through marketing
1: you hit the nail on the head I was just telling I forgot somebody on staff I heard this on YouTube and to your point of you know every conversation is a sales call um what happens too with those is that you have these conversations and here's an here's a perfect example like just me and you well, you and I have had several conversations, um, and deep ones. And I can't tell you everything we've talked about. It is impossible. I can't tell you that, but I can remember how you made me feel in those conversations. That's part of why we're in a freaking podcast because it we I felt good in those conversations. They're fun to have. Back to your employees, they're talking to their clients. The clients aren't going to remember. Most of shit, you can sit there and go over all oh, this is your these are your KPIs, blah, 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 this, that and the other. They won't remember all that stuff. They will remember how that rep makes them feel. It's really important, right? And so. Um, yes, I agree with what you said.
0: I'm hoping that I can actually have you chat talk a little bit more about this, because I know how great you are at storytelling. It's one of your superpowers storytelling through text through you know through email um, through advertising and probably more than not and I don't know if you're doing this in a systematic way where you're planning it out or it just happens naturally but it's all about how do you make that audience feel by the end of reading it or even every single sentence that they read how do they feel after this sentence to, and then the next one and then the next one.
1: I'll give a uh, high level view of it. One of the there's 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 two like main principles that stand out. There's three now, but let's start with the first one. Um, that very let's and let's say it's it's like a written story, a landing page, or something that I'm trying to sell. I think the most important line is that very first line. I got this through the the Dilbert author. I was listening to a Tim Ferriss episode, and he brought the Dilbert author on there. And the Dilbert author had this blog post of how he became a great writer in 30 minutes or three hours or something like that. And I have the post saved on my, on my, my bookmarks. I, it's, it's a blog I go and read. And he took a business course or something and he learned these things that made him become a better writer like overnight. And the very first thing was the very first sentence. And it was meta because in the very first sentence of his blog post, it hooks you. Then he goes into the most important thing is the very first sentence and he, goes, and he shows you what he did in that very first sentence. And so to me, when I start a story, when I'm writing, at least when I'm writing and to your point, it is very methodical. Like if you ask me to tell you a story right now, it's going to suck. If you ask me to write you a story, give me about 24 to 48 hours and I got something for you. So I will spend a lot of time on that very first sentence. Like a lot of time. Like I want to get you, I want to punch you in the face like immediately so that you have to go on. So that's the first thing. The second thing is an age-long principle of, I leverage what's already working. And so you'll see this, like, here's another example. Um, you ever, you've watched the Power Rangers when you were younger, right? Or you've heard of it at least. I'm watching it. Yeah, you have the Power Rangers. Um, when my daughter was a little younger, I have a six-year-old daughter, by the way, when well, she was like three, she'd be into these random shows on Netflix and there were all these different versions of Power Rangers. The South Korean version, this um, whatever other part in Asia version. There was different things. It could be these cute little fuzzy animals, it could be these little months, these little uh whatever they were, I can't remember, but they were all essentially power rangers, different colors, different powers formed together to, to make something big. So it's the same Power Ranger concept, just leveraged differently because they know, hey, this Power Ranger story works. Same thing with the Lord of the Rings story, the Star Wars story, it's kind of the same stuff. And so what I do is I'll go find viral stories, real life stuff, and I'll go read and read and read. And like, okay, this story may fit into my my product here. I I leverage something that's already got momentum and then just make it mine. That's the second principle. The third principle, which is, um, I got this from Perry Belcher, listened to a lot of his stuff lately. Um, setting the scene is huge as well. I just wrote a story that's crushing it for one of our products. Um, and you know, we're, we're here we are right now it's it's February. So it's so a little a little past Christmas. But the beginning of the scene I have I have a very strong or the very the, the beginning of the story I have a very strong first sentence. And then I go into setting the scene of a family exchanging gifts by a Christmas tree with lights and blah, blah, blah. So I punch them in the gut, put them in a scene then the stories off of something that's already had momentum. Do all my stories land? Hell no, they don't. But the fact that I leverage those three principles, my stories will hit um, more than the average person.
0: Well, Chris, I I didn't, Quite frankly, I didn't expect a master class this early on in our podcasting career, but thank you for that. That's incredible. And it's simple. It's three steps. It's punch them in the face with the hook, get them to keep reading. You know, all the greats talk about the hook is 80% of the ad, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's Ogilvy or whoever is writing about it, um, the hook, if you you don't get the hook and and the body is great and the clothes is great, well, they're never going to get to it. That makes perfect sense. You punch them in the face or you kiss them on the lips or you slap them on the on the behind, whatever it is, you get their attention, right? Yeah. Wow. And then taking what's already working. Now that's that's brilliant. Why come up with something new that's less likely to hit, or at least a strategy? I mean, it's so much work. Look yeah. at all the Films in Hollywood, it's it's typically, and like you mentioned with books too, like they're going the hero's journey. Okay. We know about the hero's journey. It's just easy to, to follow that concept. So take what's already working out. And I would be curious to find out a little bit more about how you're finding what's already working. Um, but then finally three, setting the scene, getting that emotional connection and ultimately making somebody feel something whatever it is that you want and you get to influence that as a marketer and we're being influenced all the time by other marketers but yeah t- tell me a little bit more about uh how you're finding what's already working
1: um and real quick back to that setting the same part i, I think that the power of stories Dimitri, is that they they temporarily i mean people What do you, when people they do netflix and chill what are they doing are they sitting there watching Netflix and thinking about all the problems at work and the problems with their spouse and their kids No, they, the stories, they take you out of this world and put you to the next. And so setting the scene, I think has that effect where it, it you punch them in the face and then you set the scene. I, I'm taking you from your, you, you reading this, this, this thing on a laptop to in the living room with a family who's exchanging gifts and some terrible shit's about to happen. You know, like that's um, the power of stories. In my opinion is taking you out and then putting you, somewhere else temporarily uh, and then finding them man there's all sorts of ways my favorite bro reddit is a treasure trove reddit to me if they like charged me money i don't know i probably shouldn't be saying this nobody's listening anyway especially people from reddit so anyways like if they charged me money to to have i would pay if they charge money to look at their data i would pay because it's that much gold man you can go into all types of subreddits you can sort it by all time top and then by all time or top by month or top by year whatever it is and there's just so much in there and then bro check this shit out I guess we're cussing on this this thing too um there is an AI I learned this in driven this week Perry came on um and there is a AI software called perplexity have you heard of this
0: also from Perry Ardent
1: you heard it from per, 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 from Perry as well, mm-hmm. dude. Last night I I finally YouTubed it and I was like, oh my, Perplexity. I, I haven't dove into it so I can't like sit there and tell you it's the greatest thing ever, but it looks very promising. One of the features that I loved, I might I canceled my Mid Journey today because I don't use Mid Journey as much. Like I was playing with my daughter with it and I was like, Wh- whatever, I'm gonna I cancel my Mid Journey. Take that money, I'm gonna put it towards Perplexity. And the reason why is because Perplexity. Here's an example. We're talking on this microphone right now. Um, I was research I probably researched microphones. I don't know. At least for two weeks like since when you when you and I started talking about making this podcast, I got into researching microphones. So I don't know two or three weeks. And I'm watching this YouTube video and that YouTube video. I know that this guy is biased towards his setup. This guy is way too confusing. This guy's selling something. It's all this crap. And I looked at when I when I was looking at all their suggestions, it could cost me you know, north of $2,000 just to have a microphone set up with all this stuff, right? Um, Long story short, I ended up landing on, this is sub 500, I used my credit card points to get it, and it's phenomenal, and it's easy to set up, but here's my point, I wasted a bunch of time doing research that didn't help me, where perplexity, you could go to perplexity and say, hey, I need an easy to set up um, microphone, you know, whatever, I need an easy to set up microphone system, whatever you want to say, perplexity, would scan all the YouTube videos for you, like every single one out there, give you a summary of like the top three things or top five things you need to know to get a simple microphone set up, and give you the videos with it. So instead of the two works, two weeks of research it took me to do that, you could just get it in a few seconds. I'm like, and then it does that with Reddit. Back to the whole point, it could do that with Reddit. I am about to kick some people in the balls with Reddit stories. Because i am be able to just go do my what would take me to do three four hours of research, I could do like that. So I'm excited about perplexity.
0: Wow, that's incredible. For me personally, in 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 this digital marketing business space that we're in, I felt like okay, I've got a little bit of control over what I'm doing, and I feel like I'm ahead of the game. Maybe not at the cutting edge, but pretty pretty close. And then all of a sudden just like everyone else knows, like where AI came out and blew everything out of the water. Now, um, you know, it's funny because if you're, if you're not an AI at all, then you're really afraid of it. Like, oh, dang. This could take my entire business. They could take over my entire life. And, and by the way, it might. I don't know. Uh, nobody knows. And then you get into it a little bit more like, wow, this is incredible. This is an incredible tool this will make me so much more efficient than I ever could be. It's, I I. think it was Perry also who said that it, it, this will be the age of the first three person billion dollar company because the leverage is no longer around employees. I mean, they, they, you can still call them that, but they're just online code and they're doing your work for you. Um, and then I think the experts, the super duper experts who are really on that cutting edge of AI, well, they're a little bit crazy, but I think they're also a little bit afraid of AI. It's kind of like that, you know, that meme, the bell curve meme, where it's like on one end, it's the really dull guy on the other end it's the genius in between. It's the midwit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was like, AI is kind of <laughs> fills into that meme, in my opinion, too. Um, it's like... You just got to use it. You got to use it as a tool um, and don't worry about the rest.
1: AI experts that, is there even such a thing right now with like, like you have these people coming out claiming to be AI experts and it's like them, them just finding some way to use GPT a little differently or whatever. The people who I think can be experts, aren't calling themselves experts. And what makes them experts they're not just using GPT. They are finding, like, you know, read read Florin, or Florin, however you say, like, this guy could automate this damn podcast if he wanted to. Like, he, he uses the people who can use several different tools and plug them together to make this whole system of something. This is how your billion-dollar company will be made of these people who are able to leverage all these different versions of AI time together and do something great. To your point, I'm excited about what will come with it. And to your point as well, yeah, AI is going to destroy some businesses. We were paying um for our agency, we were paying this other company about 30000 dollars a month for blogs. And they weren't even that great. Uh Chat GPT drops, we learn a few things, we train it, we cut this company. We save thirty, that's 30 down, that's 30 grand back to our our company, right? Um, so yeah, it hurts them for sure. There's other people out there. Let's say you're a copywriter and people would say, oh, AI can do all your copywriting. Hell no, it can't. If you are a crappy copywriter and you use AI, you're just going to be a crappy copywriter on some roids. If you're good and you use AI properly, then you'll be a good copywriter on roids. And so to your point, I agree. It's a tool that you leverage. Um, Yeah. And it's just that I know I'm talking a lot, but like my, my, my father-in-law built this house. Like he can turn a wrench. He He's a get his hands dirty type dude. Good old boy. He could, he built, he built my house. You give him a tool, he'll build a house. You give me a tool, I'm going to YouTube how to use it and then build something really shitty, you know? And so it's just a tool and it depends on your skill set.
0: One one thing that has kept coming up over the last few weeks, I've had several really good conversations with other agency owners, kind of people who are in a similar boat as me. So some are ahead of me, some are a little bit behind me, and a common theme is they don't want to be a dancing bear. Dancing bear has become this term of what that you're wasting something and you you should have a business that works without you and uh you're just sitting on a beach collecting a check and you know thinking about it further taking a kind of a a a leap into well who is actually doing that is there anyone who's actually doing that i'm thinking about the biggest stars in the world they're all dancing bears what you know oprah the rock the president uh, whoever it is, you know, even CEOs, founders of companies are still involved in in, in a big way. Um, now, of course, there are exceptions, but my point is that you shouldn't give up becoming an expert in your field. Becoming an expert in your field in the age of AI is only going to help you and help leverage that experience. And I really like that analogy of steroids or this or like performance enhancing ai is a performance enhancing drug but like you're saying if you're not also doing the dieting and the working out and the in this case working out your mind and learning your skill well then yes you will be replaced um so one thing that i'm i'm looking to do is just keep trying to keep my skills sharp at at my expertise google and youtube ads Data analysis, marketing at large, um, and AIs. I mean, it's going to be a p- big part of it, but it'll be the it'll be leverage, and that's that's such an annoying word, <laughs> leverage, right? But it, that's what it is.
1: You hit the nail on the head, and to circle it back around to not being just the point being of like the point of this episode is just to start. And then that's, that's the main thing is just to start right. Better than, better than not starting. I know I, I said that so well. Right. Anyways. Um, you said it brilliantly. Thank you. The, uh, the, going back to the, like you were saying people don't want to be a dancing bear and they want to like just have this business that's automated and they're sitting on a, a beach drinking a margarita and, I remember like when I first got into marketing, you had guys selling programs like that, like affiliate stuff, right? Like, oh, I'm on the beach. I only work, you know, two hours a week or something. I make blah, blah, blah. Of all the people in my my world, I know one guy, one dude who's fully automated his business. He probably works, I don't know, three, four hours a week. And that guy did a hell of a lot. He's the only person I know that I could say who kind of has something like that, like literally, and has a multi million dollar company. For the most part, to your to your point, we're all some version of a dancing bear. Um, but even to get to the point like these, 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 these former guys selling these affiliate programs where you could just learn to be an affiliate, make a bunch of money, not do anything. Even if you wanted to go down that affiliate life or say you want to grow a business, back to the point of this episode, like you have to start. And then when you start, you're going to suck. And then hopefully along the way, you're lucky to be a dancing bear. Like You're lucky to be having a success that needs you to be there and keep it running. And then if you can separate yourself from it totally, not have to do anything, then you're kind of a anomaly in my point. Some guys do this better than others, but I just don't see too many of them. Um, but again, back to what you were saying with this whole dancing bear thing and growing something, you started somewhere and when you started, you weren't good.
0: Yeah, and and the thing is that you don't have to being a dancing bear doesn't mean you have to work 16-hour days. It do, you can work an hour a day or less if you want, as long as you're an expert in your field. And and yeah, you can you leverage AI. One big initiative for me in 2024 is spending my free time that I'm not doing on working on my business. Whether it's a time with my family or just relaxing, letting the subconscious work—that's another important point I'm trying to yep. work into—and uh, just resting, not looking at my phone. Just is—I like to call it modern meditation. Of how, I mean, we grew up before phones, so we're we're in this cool age of um, where we're young enough to be fully immersed into technology of today, yet we remember how it was. Before technology, I remember just walking around the house with nothing to do and nothing on my mind and just laying there or something. Um, and turns out, I mean, back then it was considered lazy, I guess, but it turns out what I was really doing was meditating. Truly, it's so hard for me to get back into that feel, that mental feel, because I'm always reaching for my phone. What's the next piece of information to upload into my brain or whatever it is? So it truly was meditation. Uh, that's a little bit of an aside. Um, but for 2024 is just becoming an AI expert. And yes, I mean, what is an exp- AI expert? Who knows? It could just be a, we're one step ahead of the the next group of people that, that are coming up. And but be, being an expert in your space plus leveraging ai tools you don't need to know how to code it's always a bonus um but that but still being a dancing bear you just don't have to do it full time
1: i never thought about what you just said what, with our unique position to be in we we know, we have a good view of what the world was like prior to um technology taking off you know with smartphones and having a laptop in your pocket and all this good stuff shoot even having a laptop right we didn't have that back then and then now we're fully immersed in this this tech world it's a very unique position you're right I never thought about that and i remember i i watched a, a ted talk about the he was talking about the power of space kind of what you were saying where nowadays it's okay. Let me work. Somebody might be working on their, their you know at work on their laptop in their office or whatever, and then they get off of work or and they get in their car and they're listening to something, listening to music, listening to a podcast. They get in home. They're eating dinner, watching TV. They get done with all that. And they're on their cell phone. You're never. There's never. You're never off. There's never any space to let the subconscious work, and it's in that space. To your point, it's in that meditation where stuff is really happening and we're not aware of it. Well, a lot of us, including myself, I have to make time to meditate every day. Otherwise I'm not giving myself that space for my subconscious to work.
0: And we keep uploading, you know, more and more information. Here, have this, have this. There's just no time of processing. And I mean, from a personal level, I felt like since, technology has taken over my life and since my phone addiction began at some point over the last 5 to 10 years that my memories of actual events in real life have become less vivid and so i i blame that on lack of time for my brain to process everything that happens and so let me know what you think about this what I try to do now is after every big event, and by big, I mean something that I consider important that happens to me on a, whether it's a small thing on a daily basis or a big thing, um, you know, something that happens once a month or once a year, I take the next however long it takes, whether it's 30 minutes or a couple hours of really not doing anything. And just letting that memory imprint to my brain, just to have it there, just to save it. Because otherwise it's gone. If I go to my phone right after, that memory is going to be gone.
1: Will you, I don't know, this podcast, the time is flying faster than I thought it would, which is a good sign. But I do have one more question. Will you give or can you give me an example of a time you did that? Because I find this fascinating.
0: For example, well, you I, I know this based on our conversations already. We value time with our kids more than almost anything. Um, and so when there's a special moment, a special smile, a special something that somebody uh, somebody said or did, or a reaction to something that in the moment to me seems so special, just a laugh, a laugh. It said some, like my daughter's saying something really hilarious. And then she's just belly laughing, rolling on the floor. And it's making the little baby boy laugh. And it's a beautiful moment. I'm enjoying the moment. And then the other part of me is also looking at this, like you're not going to remember this if you don't, make an effort to remember it. So write it down and don't look at your phone for the next 30 minutes. Don't switch that focus onto work or some other problem. Just, and you could call it just be present, but it's more than being present. It's actively imprinting it into your brain.
1: I love that. And I'm going to steal that. That is intentional as hell, man. I, I, I just love that. Thank you, Dimitri. Happy to help. I think that's a good end, bro.